Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for local Belmont news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. The Board of Selectmen is seeking a Belmont resident to serve on the high school traffic working group. Applications need to be submitted by 6 p.m. on May 6th. For more information, you can go to the town website. Representatives Ayanna Presley and Catherine Clark introduced the Be Heard in the Workplace Act at a press conference at the Casa Myrna in Boston on April 23rd. Be Heard, sta Be Heard stands for bringing an end to harassment by enhancing accountability and rejecting discrimination. The bill is intended to strengthen federal laws governing workplace sexual harassment and assault. Earlier this month, along with Senator Patty Murray, I introduced the Be Heard Act. This will be the first comprehensive bill to address workplace assault and harassment. Frankly, this bill's been a long time coming and is way overdue. From Hollywood to Congress, from restaurants to farm workers, to women and men in every type of workplace, who have seen harassment and discrimination ignored for too long. Last year, the Me Too movement pulled back the curtain. Empowered by the bravery of survivors, issues that used to live in the shadows came to light. And while the conversation started with celebrities, the voices of survivors have echoed in every single industry and workplace across every single state. According to the EEOC, there are some sobering statistics. At least 25% of women experience sexual harassment at their workplace. 75% of women who experience harassment are retaliated against when they report it. And somewhere close to 90% of employees who experience harassment do not file a formal complaint. We say no more. No more silence, no more acceptance, no more complicity. The Be Heard Act puts the dignity of workers ahead of the rights of perpetrators and sends a sim simple, clear message. No matter your race, income, or job, you have a right to be safe at your job. Our bill will work to make uh, workplaces safer by prohibiting mandatory arbitration and pre-dispute non-disclosure agreements, by extending the statute of limitations for harassment claims, by eliminating the difference in the minimum wage between tipped and hourly workers, and requiring workplaces to create harassment prevention strategies. We are building on the courage of the people who have come forward by putting long overdue protections and accountability into the law. Everyone deserves to know that the law stands behind them and that dignity and respect in the workplace are rights, not privileges. And uh, I'm very honored to lend my voice uh, in solidarity with this incredible coalition uh, of advocates uh, to um, talk about and more formally roll out our Be Heard Act. Um, and that really is what it's about. It's about our raising our collective voices 
uh, to amplify the lived experiences and the stories and the struggles and the hurt uh, of survivors. I'm very grateful for the elevated consciousness and the renewed commitment to workplace um, harassment and discrimination um, based upon the Me Too movement and Time's Up. But we wanted to put forward something that would be sweeping and inclusive, and it would address um, every worker from Hollywood to Congress to those workers that are too often rendered invisible and that are unseen in their hurt. You can watch the entire press conference on Belmont Media Center's website, um, our Facebook page, and on our YouTube channel. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian with Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. So, Franklin, we have a new name for the, the, the new school building. The, the new school will be called uh, Belmont Middle and High School, uh, decided by the school committee. That's right. Uh, but right now we're going through a very uh, uh, interesting process, something that usually doesn't cause any controversy at all. It's called value engineering. Mm -hmm. and, and who's going through this? This is the... This is the building committee that is uh, looking over okay. the new building. Um, like I said before, it's, it's part of a process that is very normal mm -hmm. with, uh, with any kind of project of, of this size and magnitude. It basically, what it's doing is it's looking at, uh, it looks at uh, three different uh, evaluations that are done by the contractor, the engineer, and, and, and the architect. And, and what they do then is they, they uh, it's basically a wish list, and, and, and it usually goes over budget, over budget, and so, then they have to cut. So just very quickly, I, I think what I understand was that you know after after the, the project was put out for sort of um, uh, more fuller design estimates, mm -hmm. it came in some twenty-five to thirty million dollars over. Well, it's 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 over only in in the uh, if you're looking at value uh, if you're looking at value engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, what they did for the last th uh, for three meetings uh -huh. uh, for the last two meetings, I should say, is that they is that the building committee went through line item after line item of the of the bigger and more um, uh, let's say pro uh, parts of the project that they could cut. Okay. You know, and then they made a value of of each of those uh, line items, one, two, or three, uh, deciding whether it's going to be cut or not going to be cut. Right now, and some of those items um, ha have been sort of whittled back, but but there was a great controversy and and a lot of sort of public outpouring of of support over the issue of solar panels. That's right. Solar panels are, um, if you're trying to cut, um, your, um, uh, let's say, twenty five million dollars. Uh, three million dollars is with um, uh, the solar panels. It's a, it's a big item. That's right. And and what many people were saying, especially the people in the process, is that the, solar is going to be there. There's not going to. It's not going to be cut out of the process. Uh, what they were saying is, let's not buy it up front with money that we can use somewhere else uh, that would uh, help the core uh, mission of the building. But rather do it at the end, where we, when we, you have maybe contingency uh, money, there's 16 million dollars of that, you know, in case it's a, in case something bad happens, money. Um, and they said, let's move it back to the back of the process. Let's say five years from now, because number one, solar is um, going down in in terms of uh, expense, and um, you know the solar panels themselves. Yeah. So let's get better value by waiting. What happened is that the community heard about this, a lot of activists came, uh, student activists, and they basically said, we really have, we don't have that much of a trust, what you're trying to do. We're looking for a stronger commitment to 
the zero net, net energy status of this building. That's and, right. And I think the fear was that if there isn't this upfront commitment to solar in the, in the project budget, that it may never happen. But then again, you know, you do have to look at uh, how that process goes forward and, and think that, you know, what are you now cutting? What what core, uh, like I said, what core, uh, what, what in the core mission are you cutting? Is the theater going to be smaller? Is right. it, are you going to have different types of uh, engineering throughout the, uh, throughout the uh, building? So that process is continuing, f what, I think, for at least one more meeting. And That's they right. have about three million less left to trim. Mm -hmm. um, moving on very quickly, community path, we have an update. That's right. I, I, we, we thought it was going to go on the south side of the commuter tracks from mm -hmm. the Alexander, what will become the Alexander Avenue underpass to Brighton Street. Turns out that uh, negotiations with the uh, Tosi family uh, for the Pure Coat site, just taking a small portion or the building itself, it just didn't go through. Yeah, the, the, the family decided that it wasn't in their interest, that the um, Board of Selectmen said, we don't, we don't want to go through Edmund Domain, so they're going to go and do the engineering study okay. on the north side. All right. So, so that's a big decision on Community Path. And thank you so much, Franklin. We'll talk with you next time. Thank you. Welcome to This Week in the Citizen Herald, and welcome back, Joanna Juvelis, Senior Multimedia Journalist with the Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont. Thank you. Hello, Joanna. So let's talk about the town administrator's raise. Yes, so town administrator Patrice Garvin, she's been with the town for a year now, as of January 15th, mm -hmm. and they had her one-year performance review earlier in the month. She met or exceeded most of the uh, all the expectations and goals. She, she had a raving review. So, so the board of selectmen are extremely happy with There's our town no administrator. No doubt about that. And on April twenty second, at their selectmen meeting, they ratified her contract. Her contract expires in January twenty twenty one. But okay. part of the contract is every year she'll have a review, and based on that review, she'll get a raise or mm -hmm. or not. She got a 2% merit increase retroactive to July of 2018. Wow. As well, July 2018, as well as a 2% cost of living increase, also retroactive to July of 2018. And then starting July of 2019, she got a 2% merit increase and then another 2% cost of living increase. In addition, Mike, her car allowance as of July 1st, 2019 is going up from 2400 to 7500 that's 200 a month to 625 a okay. month. This brings her salary which started out at 170 mm -hmm. to 189 as of July 1st. And you can read all about it in the Belmont Citizen Herald and on Wicked Local Belmont. Well, I'll just say this really quickly. I you know, I think for for people who have had dealings with with Patrice Garvin that they will understand that this town administrator is worth the money. Also worth noting, uh, Jessica Porter, the director of human resources, presented the data of comparing town manager and town administrator salaries in 14 surrounding communities, okay. and the average is uh, 200. It's about 206,000. So based on that, she's making less than the average. Okay. Of surrounding communities. Well, I'm sure that if she stays with us a bit longer, we'll see that improve. Yes. So so let's talk about the DPW and building projects in town meeting, which is... is Special town meeting, May 1st, right. is coming up. And the on the warrant for that is an article 
that comes uh, from the police NDPW building committee. As mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be renovating it in June, starting in June, hopefully. Right. They're going to add on to the police station, and they're also going to add on to the public works building. However, since they were approved last spring, the project has changed slightly. Mm -hmm. The police staff is going to move temporarily to the water department site and they're going to be renting trailers for that. Okay. That's about $500,000 additional expenses that they didn't know about. Okay. But because they're going to be out of the building, the committee thinks it would be a good time to do the interior renovations that really need to be done. Now, now that wasn't planned originally as part of it the project, not. but as they got deeper into this, they, right. they decided that it just didn't make yes. sense to do the renovations and leave the old electrical exactly. and heating cooling system. And we don't have an exact number of what that is going to cost. Mm -hmm. They will know, I, I believe April 30th, we will know more about that and it, it will definitely be presented at the special town meeting. It could be around $3 million. Okay. But that is just a placeholder mm -hmm. figure. It is not an exact amount yet. All right. But it could be three and a half million more dollars that they need to borrow for the project and that town meeting will have to approve. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. And thank you so much, Joanna. And You're welcome. We'll talk with you again soon. The arts and crafts store Pine Cones and Needles on Trapello Road is now operated by three Belmont residents. One of these residents, Carlene Loveday, explains how they want their store to be actively engaged in the community. Our story is reported by David Webster, Belmont Journal volunteer. I'm Carlene Loveday, one of three partners who bought this business last fall. Um, my partners are Aneta Aguilar, who's a Belmont resident, and Jenna Rounds, who's a Watertown resident, as am I. Um, and we are at Pine Cones and Needles on Trapello Road, and over my shoulder, a, an adult beginner knitting class is taking place. When the prior owner made a move to another state and closed the business, we realized we didn't want to see this resource go away, and that was what prompted us to get involved and spend some of the summer speaking with the prior owner to buy out the business and run it pretty much with the same spirit um, and mission as had been here before. So it's uh, a combination of toys and crafts, kids and adults. Uh, we do drop-in crafting, we do class series and workshops, and it's very homey in a way that I think a lot of us might remember from childhood or grandparents' house. And even if kids aren't necessarily going to grow up to be knitters, it's nice to have those sort of quiet skills that take some patience and a slow skill acquisition. It was really intended to be a place that you could come and hang out. Um, and that's a feeling that we wanted to carry over from the first ownership. We have crafts that are available all the time. Um, simple things like painting or just a sheet of paper with watercolor to more complicated things like model kits. We've had a lot of adults ask too, so we have a number of classes, about as many adult classes as kids. Aneda has in particular a really strong volunteer drive. 
the project that we have going on right now is little knitted squares or crocheted squares to be assembled into a blanket to give to an organization that works with children in need. And that's our window display right now, right behind you actually. It's something that people have chipped away at. Some people can finish a whole square while they're sitting here and their kids are working away. And some people have done a half and someone else has come in to finish it. So it's nice to be able to see the store and the community work together on something that is so important too. But what we really love is that parent feedback about this being a place that's sort of a place you can come in and take a deep breath. And whether they're here to buy products or learn a craft or do something with their kids and their friends or have a birthday party, um, we really value the feedback that it's a calm, it's a calm place to be. The Belmont Dramatic Club presents Hot Mikado, its 263rd production this month. If that sounds like a lot of productions, they've been around since 1903. Joanna Jubilus recently met with the show's two co-producers who give us some more background about the production. The Belmont Dramatic Club is putting on Hot Mikado. It is April 27th and 28th and May 4th and 5th here at the Payson Park Church. It's uh, based on Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado, a very similar story. The music has just been jazzed up to a, like a 1940s blues jazz style. It's a love story. It's a nonsensical love story. Um, there is a, a Lord High Executioner who was supposed to marry this charming little girl called Yum Yum. And uh, in wanders this minstrel Unbeknownst to everybody, he's the son of the emperor. But he has run away because he does not want to marry Katashaw, the woman picked for him, who's tough. And older. And older. <clears throat> and so the Lord High Executioner gets a letter from the emperor saying, you haven't executed anybody, so you have to do that. And of course, then there's a whole thing about that and silliness and whatever. time for our community calendar with Jane Peters. She has all of the updates for you about what's happening in Belmont this week. 
Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Mud season is that wonderfully squishy time of year between winter and spring when melting snow and spring rains make mountains and molehills out of marvelous mud. Habitat's Tuesday program takes place from 10 to 11 a.m. and is suitable for children up to age 5. Habitat needs your help finding the muddiest spots, so be sure to wear your boots. Register at massautobahn.org. The Beach Street Center hosts the first in a four-part lecture series discussing various nutrition topics for seniors and new innovations in nutrition on Tuesday at 1.15. Dr. Barbara Shukit-Hale will present Food for Thought at the center to kick off the series. RSVP at the front desk to reserve your spot. The Belmont After School Enrichment Collaborative presents the final talk of their parent lecture series on Wednesday at 6.30 in the Chenery Auditorium. The talk features Dr. Kalise Warnham on the topic of how to talk to kids about race, culture, and racism. This lecture provides concrete tips on how to speak to children about cultural differences and how we can all learn to address racism and microaggression. Parents of Music Students presents an evening at the Pops at BHS on Friday and Saturday evening. Friday night's concert features the BHS Concert Orchestra, Concert Chorale, Symphonic Band, and Jazz Ensemble. Saturday's concert showcases the combined singers and jazz choir, chamber orchestra, wind ensemble, and BHS combo. For tickets, visit the Belmont Palms website. Habitat presents its 7th annual Goat Gala on Saturday from 1 to 3. Interact with and learn about Habitat's friendly herd of Nigerian dwarf goats, play games, and sample some goat-related products. The Goat Gala will show you how the goats help out Habitat and how you can help out the goats. Sign up is not required. Learn more at massautobahn.org. Step right up, join Ringmaster Duncan, the daring trapeze artist Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, and more under a big top full of magic and mystery on Saturday at 2 at the library. The Boston Theatre Company's teen touring troupe features actors in grades 8 through 12, including three Belmont High School students. This performance is recommended for ages 8 and up. Reach for the Stars at Belmont Books May Story Slam on Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Participants are asked to keep their stories to five minutes. A happy hour with craft beer seller begins at 6, with doors opening to the slam at 6.45. Purchase your tickets or register as a storyteller online or in-store. Third-generation silhouette artist Eric Johnson is visiting Growing Up Children's Resale Boutique on Sunday. Johnson creates hand-cut original silhouettes simply by looking at a person's profile and cutting with surgical scissors on black craft paper. These treasured keepsakes only take a few minutes to create. You can learn more and sign up by visiting Eventbrite. The Becca PZ 5K Road Race celebrates Becca as a two-time World Marathon Challenge Champion. 2019's race takes place on Sunday. The kids' one-mile race kicks off at 9 a.m. with the 5K race starting at 9.30. You can register and join the fun by visiting beccapz5k.racewire.com. Bib Pickup is on Saturday from 10 to 1 at Fitness Together. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, feel free to email your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. The Kindness Rocks Project encourages you to find inspiration in your life with messages painted on stones. Stones, you ask? Elena Rossi Pellegrino, an ambassador for the Kindness Rocks Project, brought the project to the Beach Street Center last week where seniors painted inspiring messages on stones to be distributed around town. We spoke with Elena about the project 
and how it looks to impact our community for the better. So I'm Elena Rossi Pellegrino. Um, I'm one of the ambassadors for the Kindness Rocks Project. Um, the woman that started, her name is Megan Murphy. She started the project a couple years ago and I'm just one of the representatives that started my community. I was walking along the beach one day and I saw this little area and this is the Kindness Rocks Project and it's just basically all these colored rocks with different, you know, kind of inspirational positive messages. And I was like, this is cool. And then on the back it had the hashtag, the Kindness Rocks Project. So of course I looked it up and I was like, wow, there's this whole like movement and, um, you know, different, you know, little spots around the world. Megan Murphy, the woman that started it, she was just walking along this beach and she walks along all down the Cape and she would look for messages through the rocks. Her parents had um, passed away so they, they she kind of thought sea glass was one parent and her heart-shaped rock was another parent. So she was kind of like, this is kind of neat to have messages, you know, you kind of look for the universe. So then another day she said, you know, what if I write on one of these rocks? And so she wrote on like five rocks. And it so happened that a friend of hers found one of the rocks and contacted her and said how good it made her feel. So then she's like, this is something here. So she just kind of had this going on. So it's just kind of spiraled out into a really beautiful project. You can take one if you need some inspiration. You can leave one for someone. So it's you know just kind of a fun thing to do. I mean, some communities have like an actual little area, like a rock garden. Um, but yeah, usually like, you know, you might just be grocery shopping and find one on the ground, you know, so it was just kind of neat to kind of find them. I'm actually a therapist for a living. So, you know, part of what I do for a living is, you know, kind of help people maybe change the way they think and, you know, have an attitude of gratitude and such. So I guess it doesn't hurt to just sort of add more kindness. You know, sometimes when you do something nice, it makes you feel good. There's so much negativity. It's just nice to have something positive, I guess. There's more information um, on Kindness Rocks Project website, and there's even like lots of Instagram and Facebook pages, so you can kind of follow along and be part of it. So if you find a rock, you know, let let us know, and if you want to get involved, you know, let us know too. It'd be great. The more, the merrier. That's all for now. I'm Mike Crowley. This is the Belmont Journal, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>